Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. Give me a B. B. <laughs> Give me an R. R. <laughs> Give me an I. Give me a D. D. Give me a G. G. <laughs> Give me an E. A flat. Oh no! Give me an E. E. What's that spell? Bridge. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today. Peter, uh, was that intro up to your high standard? Which one? We've done three so far I know, today. man. You've been very picky. I felt like the audience isn't going to get to hear the first two amazing intros that we just Well, you know what? They weren't amazing enough. Uh, Our audience is so awesome. They deserve <laughs> the best. <laughs> and since that's not available, we have to give them take number three. <laughs> I was going to say, man, that's never, ever been true. Well... We finally started the show. Jeez, man, this one took forever to get going. Yeah, but now that we're going, let's do this. All right. Well, so what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about, well, bridges, but we're really talking about dominant chords, right? I mean, this is that that's kind of the uh, yeah the bridge into the discussion. As we are talking about dominant chords. This is a topic that we get asked a lot about here on the podcast in an open studio is how do I treat a series of dominant chords like when they move in fourths? Yeah. yeah. A la the bridge to rhythm changes. So yeah. you kind of had a little smooth jazz vibe coming out and going in that last A there, buddy. I literally <laughs> just played a major seven chord. <laughs> yeah, but you gave it a little smooth flavor. That was a little watercolor. I did. For those who, here's a serious watercolors for when you want to go to the dentist's office. Here's a little you, offshoot mini episode, apparently for Peter, just flicking the top <laughs> note of this voicing. Well, yeah. Is, is well, enough. because it, it, it insinuates. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, if that's in your head, everything... Well, I wasn't in my head, so you put it in my head. I could be like, hey, check it out. And you'd be like, ah, smooth jazz. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah, because you could go like... Like, yeah, exactly. Turn everything See? into it. Yeah. Stop uh, turning everything into smooth jazz, man. Smooth jazz. Yeah. I love smooth jazz, actually. You should start your own uh, smooth jazz band. <laughs> like a smooth, ba- smooth jazz stage band. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is the this is the kind of quality you want? Yes, exactly. Now <laughs> okay. Now now we've hit the level. Okay. So today we are talking about how to deal with these a series of dominant chords, right? Yes. So four four dominant chords in a row. So I was going to like put together a few different changes on on how to do this. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking stuff like Bright Mississippi, you know mm. the Monk tune. Yes. Uh Sweet Georgia Brown. Uh, G baby and I good to you hallucinations from Bud Powell and hallucinations of course, are funny that's that's imagination oh sorry <laughs> uh, but uh, also the bridge to rhythm changes but then you I chimed in I I made the huge error of asking <laughs> Peter what he thought and he was like check out train solo on Olio and then I started listening to that that recording of Olio from Miles Davis yeah, relaxing slippery slope slippery, it's a slippery slope. slope and I was like we should just cover what everybody's playing on this recording because it's so good and there's everybody's playing different things. So uh, resident open studio transcriber Max Gamis hooked us up here with a couple different versions of each one. And so I thought we could just listen to this today, Peter, and sort of just see what Miles does, see what Train does, and see what Red Garland does. All right, spoiler spoiler alert, 
It's gonna be a lot of good stuff that we're seeing. Just, just to, you, you know think what I'm so? Saying? Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, instead of like us telling you, here's what you should play over the bridge to rhythm changes. Let's see what happened yeah. in this one session. But we might do a little bit of thoughtful analysis, as as it were. Yeah, we'll add perhaps. our own terrible ideas to the mix too. <laughs> but let's let's uh, let's have a listen here. Uh, we'll start with Miles' gander. Miles's solo. Let's check it out. Can right. you put it up on screen there so I can? There you go. So here's this. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Sure. Actually, you know what? Let's just listen to it because okay. we got about a minute up front here. It's a, it's, a, it's a glorious minute. Here we go. Ah. This is the one with all the takes. I love this. Yeah. I love Philly Joe's. It's like, let's go. Yeah. Let's come go. On, let's come go. on. Come on. We got somewhere to be. 2001. 2001? What do you say? It seems late. Yeah. Just like we do it? Yeah, watch the tempo. It's so good to hear, though, isn't it? Hey girl. Just to know that they were talking about that. We haven't even gotten to it. I know. We haven't gotten to it. We're not even at the bridge yet. I know, but but what Miles just played there is such like think about this. There's no drums playing, PC walking a beautiful killer bass line, right? What's the is the title of this episode how to play all of rhythm changes from the top? We would be remiss if we didn't mention what a brilliant can we just listen to that one more time? He totally goes out of time. Miles goes out of time, but just phrasing beautifully. You can do this on any instrument. Like you could make this part of your practice session. Just like I'm gonna play over, you know, you you could get like a backing track, or you could play over this actual recording, or or play over your piano all session. Right, you're all walking. right, all right. I'll, I'll back it up a little bit. Put it. Okay. Can you put it back up there so I can see the okay. Jones? Thank you. Oh, man, is that something that would interest you? It is. It is. <laughs> I, frustratingly, it is. Here we go. It's just one of the most brilliant ways to start a solo. So glad we stopped. <laughs> uh. He knew right where he was, though. Hold on, but can you can you move the screen down a little bit? We're losing it on the top okay, end there. We are. Yeah, okay. come on, Peter. Come on, man. I'm trying. This is uh, for our podcast listeners. This is also available on YouTube. You can go check out the video of this if you want to follow along. We also, by the way, for everybody here, we have a PDF. You can check that out in the description of the podcast, uh, the description of the video. You can download the PDF. That's yours to take home of all of these examples. That's not good, is it? That's awesome. You want me just to move it down is what well, you're Well, see, saying. you're seeing the problem. So when it... No, that's not. That's just going left to right. Just move the whole. This thing. is great for the audio podcast. There Super you interesting. Go. Okay, there we go. All right, we got. It. Let's try it again. Miles is solo on the bridge. Okay. Ah. Uh. Little chromatic. <laughs> 
classism. Here we go. Okay, so let's stop here. So both of Miles' examples here yes. are just completely lyrical. I mean, yeah. look at this. There's no nerdy nuts and bolts jazz things. There's if you saw this, you'd be like, well, that's too easy for it to be a, a all-time greats. Yeah. But look, I mean, he literally starts on the root, ends on the root. Yeah. The root is everywhere. Yeah. He's literally just going around these roots here. You know what I mean? Like working his way around. Super simple. But check it out. One, two, 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 two. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, but look at the timing of that. Like, and then, and then again on the next one. Uh, yeah, can't get down there. Yeah. yeah. But you hear what I'm saying, though, that he's not... There's yeah, there's th no non... It's all diatonically within those dominant... It's uh, all scale. diatonically. And then so here, he... So he... Uh, in the A section, as you mentioned, he did that kind of chromatic line kind of thing. Yeah. And he he harkens back. He does. All right, let's, let's break that one down. So he hits that major seventh and kind of resolves it down. Yeah. Both on the upbeats to the actual dom so it's almost like a passing but but it's on the syncopated so do that king gang right the ups yeah so it's really yeah but the accents i think is as the way he played it as let's listen, let's yeah. listen. Yeah. it is that same yeah. kind of that daka daka right and then, and then that's super important right there like bang on the two because that stretches that syncopation out from the eighth note to the to the quarter note. Well, notice what he plays on G seven on the first bridge and then on the second. It's like all G's. Yeah, he's resolving the second chord of each phrase. It's almost like a resolution. Same thing there on the C seven. It's a very similar phrase going to F, and he resolves yeah. it to around he actually both times he resolves it to the seventh of f right yeah which is an interesting choice because it's going to resolve to b flat yeah so he's on a, he's on a leading tone exactly and case. then that one he's hitting on he's resolving that line rhythmically on the three on a quarter note but this time on the three as whereas before he ended up on the two yeah. right so it's yeah, like yeah. that becomes a little bit of like almost like structural elongated syncopation there let's hear it again <laughs> And then that blue day blue, blue, uh, blue, uh, where is it? That? Yeah. Well, he goes, that anticipated the end of four on that, on that sixth bar of the bridge there. Can you play him doing it again? That second phrase? No, no, the next one. Boom. Like that's very different than but he goes and I know we're talking about harmony but these things like you can never take the harmony and the rhythm and the melody apart like the 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 rhythmic flow of the melody which which a lot of times on a tune like this is really about where the syncopation choices are made in relation to these the way he's crafting the melodies you can never strip those apart from each other they're so important I find it interesting too both phrases uh, kind of hang around like the D7 to the G7 both times yeah. hang out 
between here, between these two notes, yeah. right? And the C7 uh, to the F7 both times both hang out between here. Yeah. Like he and he's and he's actually structuring this almost not exactly the same, but the shapes are very much the same. Where he goes up the first phrase to an E, and then down to the G, and then the second phrase he finds his way up to the D, and then down to that E flat. Very very interesting and very. I mean, he's, he was a composer. Like yeah, that, that's what that is. He's taking a theme and he's running it through. So if Miles Davis were to stay within that the, that kind of six, there is that something that would interest you? Yes, it would. It did very much interest me. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Okay, so let's uh, let's keep listening here. Yes. Okay, could you pause right there? Okay, so something again, not on the bridge, but this is something that on this these whole recording sessions was done a bunch. Uh, it happens on this a lot. Notice at the end of his solo overlaps into John Coltrane's area. Okay. But very nicely. So he's setting up the next solo. And like the way the rhythm section plays on this, that's really important because Philly Joe overlaps a lot of times too. This is a way to keep from segmenting rhythm changes and sounding square. Like even if you know the changes, sometimes it's like stop. You know, it's like the next, but he's like like that Latin beautiful little last phrase is actually in the next chorus. Just a little factoid for you. A little good. fun fact. You're all about the details. Yeah. Right. That's. Ah. That interests me. Okay, so there's Train's first bridge, John Coltrane's first bridge. Let's listen to that again now. Uh, distinct, distinctly different from yes. Miles's vibe, obviously. Let's check it out and see if we Better. can. Better. No, <laughs> see how the rhythmic, I know we're going to talk about the harmony, but how the rhythmic architecture of these of these melodic lines yep. is so different. So different. Well, I'm look like at, very like on the beat kind of starting But look at, look at even how he's phrasing you know, Miles very much phrased the D7 into the G7. Yeah. Look at what Coltrane does out of the gate. He does this little phrase here that resolves the D7 onto itself, right? Yep. The the and Lydian dominant style, right? Well, it's I. You know, Bob Debu messaged me earlier today, and because he has Ron Carter's baseline for this, Ron Carter was almost always doing a bar of a, implying a bar of A minor to a bar of D7, a bar of D minor to a bar of G7, like putting a two on the five. Yeah. So I think Train is reacting to that, right? Because this is a thing you would do, right? Like walking down that yep. A minor, or some kind of that whole vibe right. of like resolving that. Yeah, exactly. There, it's almost right? ding, ding, ding. But then it's the same thing. Remember, we were talking about the rhythmic, the syncopation of the melodic line. So you got do The actual resolution is on the upbeat of the eighth note. The other ones are on the downbeat. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So but but also he's not resolving this you know different from miles he's not resolving this d7 to a g7 he's then starting a new phrase on the right. g7 that resolves to the c7 so this right so yeah. here. it almost it gives it a little bit more of a syncope i mean not a syncopate a segmented feel to, to 
the way he's playing, but it's like there's so so it gives it I, to me it gives it a little bit more of an urgency, yeah. which is a great kind of antidote to the way Miles was playing before. Well, and as you, we look here at the transcription, and you can download the PDF listener for yourself, uh, you can see. I mean, just geographically, just like there's just twice as many notes yeah. on John Coltrane's. Yeah. And this is some restrained train playing. Actually. <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> Another cool thing, so he's got, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but please do. So he's playing around with the Lydian dominant on all three until the last one. Yep. On the F, he doesn't. Right. You know, which is like kind of a way to structurally, uh, I mean, look at this. Miles and Train were not thinking about any of this, so I don't want to make it like I'm No, they're just ends. playing, right? They're just but, playing, but, 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 can... it's, but stuff that kind of, you know, it it it, it showed, like there's a science behind why something sounds great. It's just, And it's just really fun to geek out over the sounds yeah. here. So, but to your point here, so if we look at the D7, right, the first phrase again, and then check out what happens on the C7, right? Same kind of thing. Yeah. So, to... That yeah. that whole idea, right? But then on the F, there is no sharp eleven, right? No. Well, yeah, yeah right here. Oh, okay. That very first bar. Okay, yeah. So every single one. Oh yeah, that's right. But even that one is that, that's like a G triad. That's a G triad resolving to like a C minor thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like G seven to C minor to F. Totally right. Totally Good right. Stuff. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. On. Philly Joe pushed him in. Pushed him in the pool. Oh, this right here. Oh. And now Red Garland's catching all those sharp 11. Okay, so check That's it out. the first B over F we've heard, I believe. Didn't he do that? Let's hear it again. That, at the very end of that one. Yeah. It's like a B, B, B7 sharp 11. Max got some funky inharmonics up in here. <laughs> in that sound slide. Come on, Max. You had a whole hour to do this. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That's like that B7 over F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely implying that. That's the first. Well, yeah, that's the first like like a sharp nine, flat nine situation yeah. we've seen in the whole thing. But check it out here. So uh, kind of different, but the phrasing is exactly the same as the first, where he he resolves his own phrase on the D seven, and then that second phrase instead of what Miles did again, where he resolved D seven to G. Yeah. Coltrane starts then on G seven, resolving that to C. Right. And then F seven becomes its own thing, resolving to B flat. So it's almost like Miles is like, "Here's my D to G, here's my C to F, and then I'm going to do something different when, we, when the A comes back around." But Coltrane's thinking like, "I'm going into that last A, right? Playing like we're going in, resolving from the F." No, Coltrane was just like, "I'm going to pipe you, Miles. I'm just no, gonna no totally man. Pipe you. The, it's and then, of course, like again to reiterate, they're not thinking about this at all. They're just playing their their you know spirits into this. But it's the way that they phrase is not the same, and that's it's totally cool to have like a unique perspective. Miles is on just it. thinking like exactly what he said before. He's like, "Yeah, watch the tempo." And then yeah, he's Billy Joe, like, don't go to. I love when he when he goes into that swing. He's just like bang, he's just Woo. like pushing right into it. Let's hear so this great. one again, the second uh, Coltrane bridge. <laughs> Woo! 
Uh, let's keep going. Bebop. Ah. stop there so we're Come deep on, in the mud here deep 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 in the mud yeah let's hear this bridge again from red garland uh, a little bebop lesson from red, red maybe and so, this is like our first it's almost you know as it were for a pianist almost constant eighth notes outside of those three beats in the third bar so three a couple of yeah a little literally a couple of i mean it's just all it's just a Look at that. Enclosures galore, right? Yeah. And it's phrasing. Oh, if you learn this little part, play along with the recording because you can really pick up that phrasing, you know, and that's where the magic is. Is he it's very different than what train how train was phrasing? But is he playing it's D7, but is he just playing D minor here? Like Yeah, the first bar. I think so. Like yeah. he's just he's that's not even D seven. He's just like straight up G seven. Yeah. That's really interesting. So for our listeners, so on this whole D seven section, he's really playing G seven for four straight bars, right, Peter? Does that's what it looks like, right? Oh, I thought you said D minor seven. Well, I mean uh, A minor seven. I don't think so. But listen, listen to this. Let's, we'll look at where those resolve points are, oh, yeah. and then ends like. Maybe he didn't know. He didn't know the changes. I, I mean, maybe he was just doing four bars of G7, like simplifying even more. I mean, it sounds killing. Play it again. It sounds killing. I'm going to back it up a little bit. Yeah, that's four bars of G7, and four bars two of bars of C7, and two bars. It's so much easier. Yeah, so, yeah, and it sounds good. But you know what? This is just an example of. When you're playing swinging lines with hip melodies and yeah. syncopation, what does it matter? You can play. You can be like D seven and be like. So you can play four bars of. You can be like you know B flat major. Yeah. Yeah. Place, for sure. It doesn't sound quite as good, but I'm trying. Yeah, you're no red garland. <laughs> it's really interesting, though, isn't it? Wow. It's almost like he's anticipating the harmony. Huh. 
Garland's phrasing really influenced Train too. What do you, is that something that would interest you? Ah, he heard us. He's like, oh, I know the changes, buddy. Don't worry. There's a D7. Let's say that again. Here's his second bridge, red second He's bridge. Like, dumb, shut up, but dumb. I know it. He's like D <laughs> D. He's, he can hear us from the <laughs> No, that's cool. I meant I meant G for that first time. Okay, so uh, obviously he's laying laying super thick on the D. Uh, and then going straight into here. I mean, Red Garland is so great for transcribing for this kind of language. Yeah. That's all just bebop enclosures, right? Yeah. Or whatever you want to call them. But this device of kind of like, so he's got... Help, I'm surrounded. He is, so he's just going... He's surrounding all of those. That's that's amazing. That's worth yep. the price of admission right there. And then down, free, <laughs> free exactly. And then down here. So here's here's your second version of a flat nine sharp nine, Peter. Mm -hmm. That turn there. And again, more enclosures. Ah. So on the C seven, that fourth fourth beat. Right. Yep. Let's hear that again. I need to hear that phrase again. I'm not quite playing it. Ah. It's just he went over the bar lines. Him, gotta dock him. So that's it. There's three masters, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, and Red Garland, yeah. and their take over the bridge of rhythm changes. What have we learned? We've learned that people phrase like really great players in the same band on the same recording. Yes. Well, they each have their own distinct phrasing. Miles phrases from the D7 to the G, very simply, all yep. in this here. Yep. And then all in this here. Uh, John Coltrane has a totally different style of phrasing where he does something quick on the D7, then f he he resolve the G7 to the C7, the F7 to the B7. I mean, B-flat, yep. that's actually great to know. Red Garland is a typewriter of notes all yes. down here. Yep. Lots of surround. Single line, no, no comping. No comping, single line, all in the baritone section, uh, surrounding notes with little enclosures. Uh, that one little G7 for four bars is kind of an interesting idea. Yep. Um, yeah, super hit. I'm going to use that. Just think, uh, why, why, wait? why not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's wasting brain power at this point. <laughs> phrasing, phrasing, phrasing. Yes, that was fun, man. That was fun. Shout out to Max Gamis for the transcription. Don't forget to download the PDF for yourself to take with you, so you can check out. What these great masters Take did with over them this. Where? Well, wherever they want to go, man. They like you're going to carry it around in a satchel? Well, you a maybe, satchel of PDFs? Well, no, you could do like a thumb drive. <laughs> really? On your keychain? I don't know. <laughs> what do people do with PDFs anymore? They, uh, apparently they want them. They do like them. <laughs> they do like them. Yeah, PDF. 
Um, but I, if you uh, if you like this kind of thing, why don't you leave us a rating and review? You can do that on the podcast app. <laughs> Why did you look confused when you said that? I was just thinking of a way they could read it. <laughs> yeah, uh, rating, review, or comment on the YouTube. Even if you aren't watching on the YouTube, go to the YouTube channel. Yeah, let us open studio and check that out. Let us know other kind of uh, chord progressions you'd like to see us break down. We're happy to do that. That's right. Good. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. As always, we are sponsored by Open Studio. Please go to openstudiojazz.com. Oh, another thing that you can do is check out our jam session challenge uh, that has been flourishing over at the Open Studio Pro program. If I were to mention something called Open Studio Pro, is that something you'd be interested in? <laughs> How many in times now? are you going to work that into today's oh, episode? Quite a bit. I think that's the 10th <laughs> time that you've asked me if I've been interested. Because you know <laughs> you're an interesting guy. You, yeah. can, you like to get interested in stuff. You know what, Peter, the sad part about all of this is? Yeah. I'm interested in all of it. Okay. I really am, man. I really, I want it all. That sounds Well, great. I do think that folks may be interested in the Open Studio Pro program because what's exciting over there, and you can go to openstudiojazz.com slash pro and to learn about this. Just fair warning. This is not for everybody. This is not for the lightweights. That's why we called it pro. It's not for pro level necessarily. No, in it's terms for of any level play. actually. Yeah, but it's for pro like mentality. That's what it is. It was like, and I always thought about it like this. If you, if in order to play like a pro, you got to practice like a pro. It's for people that actually want to practice and get better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the exciting thing is we've got some wonderful folks, and there's a lot of live situations to do that uh, with the group that you have over there. We've got folks getting better. I mean, I'm talking about getting, like, when I, I know, jump man. in there on Wednesdays, I'm like, wow. Ca- Dude, did you hear? People are getting better by the week. Did making, you hear Ege, a fire under. Ege and Elias Ege, on yes. the master class with Christian Sands last Killing Friday? It. Killing it. Yeah. Both killing those guys it. not awesome. nervous and playing beautiful i mean i was proud like a papa i was like i know i saw you tear up you, you teared it's up a great, little bit man. yeah it's great um cool well until next week you'll hear it